Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. What is going down, y'all? I am back in the building. This is Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM. We are the Big X, and this is WXVW. It is going down on a rainy, snowy, sludgy, kind of ugly Saturday morning. But we are here in the Ville. It is cold. Um, it is uninviting, but you know what? That's what we're here for, man. We got to heat it up. We got to take care of you, uh, get you ready for your sports weekend. It is a national championship weekend because, I mean, I know what the national championship game is on Monday, but, I mean, it's still part of the, the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what everybody's going to be talking about. Everybody's excited about it. Um, was out yesterday, um, and plenty of people were having conversations about it uh shout out to my man big ross he's a big time uh michigan fan he's talking smack he's feeling good so michigan will be taking on the uh washington huskies for the national championship game on monday night uh so we'll definitely get into that uh with haven harrington once he is in the building uh also gonna uh, chat and talk about everything going on in the world of sports of course louisville basketball um got back to acc play Things did not go well uh, on the road up at UVA. Um, we also have news about uh, guys being injured, some guys seemingly for good, uh, which is an unfortunate uh, occurrence. Uh, have that going on. Louisville football continues to lose and add talent at a torrid, torrid pace. Uh, I'll give my thoughts on that. Uh, and just pl- you know, plenty more. We have the, the NFL coming down the home stretch. It is the final week of the regular season. Uh, we'll get into the Baltimore Ravens. I, you know, I, of course, uh, was have been gone the last couple weeks. I did give you guys a call uh, during the show last week just to kind of give my thoughts. Uh, you know, big shout out to uh, intern Roman and Haven Harrington for taking care of things here uh, at the mothership while I was gone. Um, but you know that we're going to talk about all those things, all those things. We have so much to get into. Uh, you know, as always, there's a ton of stuff happening. There's a ton of stuff going on. Um, you know, there's just uh, just countless amounts of uh, news nuggets and things going on. The Lakers are struggling. Uh, everybody's upset with Darvin Ham. Uh, so, I mean, there are so many storylines just all across the world of sports and then here locally as well. Uh, you know, University of Kentucky gets uh, going in uh, SEC play, uh, trying to see what, what they're going to do. So, I mean, you know, I, I, there's so many different uh, 
uh, avenues and, and conversations that could be had that, you know, sometimes I don't even know where I want to start. Of course, um, we are going to start with the biggest news of the day. Um, of course, the University of Louisville did have a game uh, on last this past Wednesday. Uh, they went up to Charlottesville to take on uh, the, the, the Wahoo Waz of University of Virginia. And as Louisville always does, for the most part, when they play UVA, things did not go well. Um, the Cardinals uh, go up there, uh, suffer a 24-point loss. It's the largest uh, defeat uh, in the history of that rivalry. Like uh, UVA has dominated, um, but it was a little different this time just because Louisville, Louis, you know, UVA doesn't really blow out people like that. Um, so it's kind of tough that they just went out there and uh, – <laughs> I mean, did what they did, you know, but the, of course the, the, the news uh, came out that um, uh, that there was going to not only, you know, everybody thought after, what was it, 13 days off, um, you know, that Louisville was supposed to be getting healthy. Um, they were supposed to be taking some time for guys to um, heal up and mend up and, and kind of get in refocused and that knowing that Kenny Payne was going to be there. Uh, the whole thought was, okay, y'all, we're going kind of to, to bunker mode and then we'll – uh, come back out and have ref uh, refreshed energy to get ready for the ACC season. Well, um, you know, of course, Louisville had been uh, dealing with not having both J.J. Trainer and Dennis Evans uh, available, um, so they were already dealing with that situation. So Louisville comes back to play the game against UVA on uh, Wednesday night, and not only do they still not have J.J. Trainer and Dennis Evans, now it's been announced that both Trey White and Emmanuel Corfor are out as well. So some kind of way, even though Louisville was supposed to be mending up and getting healthy, they got less healthy <laughs> over the two weeks off. So I don't really know, you know, how that worked. I mean, maybe they were just working so hard in practice the guys got dinged up. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely was a, a an interesting initial occurrence. Of course, we, we watch what happens. Uh, you know, Louisville goes down there and. Uh, Reese Beekman and the rest of the, the UVA dudes. I mean, uh, I don't know what it is about the, the Virginia players. I don't know what if it's the, the crowd or how they play or that Tony Bennett style, but they just have all these extra annoying dudes that just kind of just to watch them play is just I, I can't stand Virginia. I don't like how they play. I usually don't like their players. I just – I am not a fan, so just watching that game and just watching UVA just kind of systematically take Louisville apart um, was not fun. Uh, it, it was just it, – it was what it was. You know, Louisville went out there. that They put their, their best foot forward, I guess. Um, it just was more of the same. Uh, I, I don't really know how to get into the X's and O's of it, but um, they do lose the game, of course. Uh, people were – it was interesting because – with Louisville having such a bad record against Virginia, um, I don't really – and, of course, if you want to get involved with anything that you hear, please give us a call. Uh, text in 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And then, of course, you can always give me a call as well, 502-384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Uh, make sure you go visit any of our uh, 803,275 nationwide Thornton's locations for the best in uh, goodies, grub, gas, and everything else. 
Scotty Thornton's right next door to us here uh, at the Palatial Studios of WXVW, and I always love to pop in there and get some snacks on the way in or on my way out. Uh, so make sure you go out there and visit and patronize Thornton's. Uh, they take care of us. Uh, so, you know, make sure you take care of them as well. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think I was shocked at, not necessarily shocked, but it was interesting to me that even though Louisville has lost so many games to Virginia over the years, people were still like mad and upset about losing this game. And it's been a season, of course, where it's primarily been um, a confirmation that Kenny Payne is not really getting the job done and confirmation that it wasn't just about you know, the players last year and people have kind of gotten into that mode where people thought that Kenny was going to probably or possibly be let go after uh, the UK game a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, at that point, it really seemed like we understood the, the destiny of this team. So, I mean, going on the road to play at UVA, losing that game, I figured that people would just been like, oh, well, yeah, that's Virginia. But there was still a lot of anger about that game. And there was still a lot of uh, conversations about that game and, and you know, not necessarily upset feelings, but um, just there was a lot more fire and ire, if you will, about that game than I would have thought. And, and, you know, I kept thinking and wondering why that was happening and why uh, people were so upset about that game. And, you know, the, the I guess the, the best thing that I can think of uh, is just that simply – they just are hapless. Louisville's just hapless. They just look like they're just going out there. And I like it because it at least lets me know that people still care about the, the, the product and they still care about the team and they still care about the results. I mean, so that's definitely a good thing. Um, but it is, it is also definitely a situation where, um, you know, it, it just – is a very difficult, difficult situation right now for, for all involved. Um, I just I don't know how we can do this uh, continually. Of course, Louisville does come back and play a game at noon on the CW at home versus the Pittsburgh Panthers. Um, Pittsburgh, of course, um, is much improved. That uh, They are doing better this year, um, you know, uh, uh, under Capel. Um, he has them playing probably the best basketball that they have played since he's been the coach. I mean, not world beaters at all because, obviously, the ACC this year is not – as good as it has been in, uh, you know, recent years or at their best, of course. But, you know, Pittsburgh is solid. And I think that's the thing about the ACC this year is that outside of Louisville, everybody else is just solid. <laughs> I, I don't really think there's any great teams. Um, there's some good teams. Uh, you know, of course, North Carolina uh, at the top, uh, Clemson, Duke. Those are teams that are that are you know, pretty good. Wake Forest has looked pretty good so far. Um, you know, NC State has looked pretty good so far. Miami, they've been, you know, pretty good so far. So, I mean, you have some pretty – you have some some good team. Like, I, I think North Carolina can be considered a good team. I think Duke can be considered a good team. I think Clemson is considered a good team. And then I think everybody else is either pretty good, um, just average, or – below average you know <laughs> like I, like but but there's no just horrible teams out there except for uh your Louisville Cardinals I mean I, I think they're just awful like you know like outside of them I think the closest thing to Louisville is probably Notre Dame 
Um, but even Notre Dame came out, had a big blowout win um, at home versus uh, UVA, uh, which is something that, you know, I'm sure that Louisville fans were killed to have. Um, but, uh, you know, Notre Dame showed a pulse against UVA with getting that win. Then they went out there and uh, almost knocked off NC State. They literally had the the lead. I want to say they had that lead. Um, I didn't get to watch much of the first half, but at least in the second half, they were leading the whole time. They literally had the lead the whole game until uh, uh, Brian Burns Jr. Uh, hits the up and under layup with like point two or three seconds left in the game. Um, you know, so uh, it, it just it, it, at least the Irish uh, under the the Michael Shrewsbury, who's the first year coach uh, that came over from Penn State, they're at least showing a pulse. They're showing that they're going in the right direction. Yes, they're only six and eight on the year. They're one and two in conference play, but at least they are in two of their three conference games they showed up and they were ready to play so when you when you have that then you can at least see that things are going in the right direction so you know I mean I mean that's that's kind of where I'm at with it and uh we got Haven Harrington uh popping in here as well uh Haven how you doing this morning I'm doing very well very very well yeah, good, good. Glad to hear you. Um, you, you know, it was just just kind of uh, chatting about you know this this Louisville team, you know, being like the like I like I was saying like the ACC and and I was talking about Notre Dame specifically. Like I don't think that the ACC is really great this year. Like I don't think there's any really good teams. Like I think there's a you know three good teams, quote unquote, not really good teams in like North Carolina, Duke. Clemson, but then everybody else is just okay. Like there's no really horrible teams in the league. Um, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh sitting at nine and five, zero and three in conference. Uh, they have the worst conference record. But you know, this is a Pittsburgh Panthers team that's that's solid. You know, what I'm saying that they've gone out there and they've played uh, decent this year. Not great. They they don't get blown out, but they haven't won a ton of games. But I mean, they go on the road. They won at uh, West Virginia. Uh, you know, that has to be commended. They they beat another Power Five team in Oregon State. Um, you know, but, you know, of course they got blown out uh, by Florida and they've ha- had a couple of, of tough losses, uh, Clemson and Missouri. But, I mean, they're, they're just okay. You know what I mean? Like, this is pretty much the, the conference of okay. But my, my question is, Haven, you know, with Louisville being and playing as bad as they are right now, even though everybody's just okay and none of them look great, I don't really think you have any type of thought. I don't really know who Louisville can be. On you know left, I mean they're they're completely done with the non-conference, so it's all conference games. But I don't know if they have a win left on the schedule. I don't. I mean, like they they should, you know, they should possibly like. I feel like this is gonna be almost like Chinese water torture, where they're gonna have a bunch of games where they're in it and could win it, and then just kind of lose it. <laughs> well, you know, like they'll they'll have a night. Where they're just hitting their threes, like the Clemson game, like the last Clemson year. game last year, or the Western Kentucky game last year, right? Yes, they'll have a game where they're just on and everything's dropping. So they'll beat somebody we're not expecting them to beat. You just don't know, yeah, who who it'll be, who yeah. it'll be, and, and when it'll happen. Right? I, I agree, but I, I guess I'm looking at it from just there's no game on the schedule where I say okay they'll at least win that game. You know, you know what I mean? Like I don't think there's any guarantee wins. I'm not saying that they're not going to win. I mean, you know. I'd say, especially with how kind of mid the the conference is, they should get at least two to three wins. But there's not one single game where I can say I see a win. If does that make sense? 
Well, no, it's not even just like how mid the conference is, right? It's also how like who's gonna be healthy to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you know, we found out this week that Dennis Evans is medically in, uh unable to play for you probably ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you still have JJ trained on injury. I believe Trey White is also out on injury. Yeah, and Emmanuel Corfor as well. Yeah, and Emmanuel Corfor. So you have like guys out hurt and there's no timetable to when they may or if they'll come back, right? So, you know, there's just, just a lot kind of up in the air about like what's even going to happen there. So you don't know even without like your full complement of roster, like what's going to happen. And, and I, I think that's going to be the challenge. I, I, I want to see, A, because, you know, now the guys are starting to get hurt. And one thing I know Haven Harrington is about, team, when teams are losing and guys have injuries, sometimes guys with injuries in these type of situations take their time to get back. And, and, and I am not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but, you know, J.J. Trainer has really taken his time with whatever his injury is. I don't even know what it is. Like, I, people say ankles. Some people say shoulders. Some, you know, we, we heard with Dennis it was a shoulder, um, but then it was also an ankle. You know, like, you just don't really know what it is, but it definitely seems – I mean, J.J.'s been gone, Haven. I think his last game he played was, I want to say, like, December 3rd. It has been a, a while. Like it's been a long time since he played. He's been gone about a month. And, you know, all I'm saying is that when things aren't going well, guys have a tendency to be like, you know, well, I, I'm still not feeling great. I'm not still still feeling 100%. They ask Kenny Payne, uh, you know, about the eligibility or availability of those guys um, to play in the games. And he was just kind of like, I don't know. And, you know, guys are still nursing it, but I don't know when they're going to be ready. And, and you know, he was kind of – didn't really give any information outside of just I don't know. <laughs> so, I, I this this season, it's, it's going to be very difficult to watch. Like, I, like, it just because I feel like Louisville's got enough talent and they play hard enough to where I don't see them just – like, last year they were just getting busted by, like, 30 every game. You know, 25, 30, just getting well, no, killed. The, the biggest difference is, is, like, you know, like, last year's team literally just quit. Yes. And they quit, like, a lot. Yes. <laughs> this year's team doesn't I don't quit. feel that. Yeah, like, like, they don't quit. It's just that they they lose focus. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way to say. It. Like, they they lose focus. Yeah, they, they they lose focus. They're disorganized. You know, it's still the same issues as last year, but they at least have those same issues. But they play real hard the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. That's the whole thing. Like they're still kind of questionable as far as the game plan. It's still kind of questionable about what the offensive philosophy is. There's still kind of a question of you know if they are. Um, playing individual defense or if there's a team concept that, that's out there. Like, all those same issues are there from last year, but it's also a situation where everybody's playing as hard as possible, so they're at least going out there and giving maximum effort, and you have more talent this year than last year. You know, so you have a guy like Tyler Johnson who can who can make a play. You have a guy like Scott Clark who can go out there and make a play. Mike James is a year older and a year, year healthier coming back from his Achilles, so he's better. Um, and then Trey White, when he's healthy, he can at least give you, um, you know, a, a, another scoring threat out there. So it's 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 one of those things where I don't think that this is going to be a season, at least to this point, where um, it's going to be a, a situation where where the team just quits and they're just just getting mollywopped every game. Like I don't think that's going to happen. It feels like this team is at least going to fight, 
but it's gonna be one of those. It's like it's like you remember in um, <laughs> you remember in in Batman, uh, the Batman Rises, uh, when Bane took Batman and put him down in the bottom of the hole and said, you know, the the worst thing you can give to a prisoner is hope, because you know this is all you got to do is get to the top <laughs> of the the pit and you can get out and you can be free. But the whole situation is. Nobody ever makes it because of the difficulty of being able to get out of there. And and the, you basically have to put your life on the line to get, have an opportunity. And if you don't, if you miss it, you're dead. So it's kind of one of those things where everybody tries to be safe and get out and they never make it. And, and that's like, I, that's what I feel like this Louisville team is going through right now, where they're going to have a bunch of games where they're right there and they have a possibility of a chance to do something and then they just never make it. Like, I feel like that's about to play out over and over and over again. And, and I don't know what that's going to do to my sanity or my psyche moving forward. But Haven Harrison, I'm not excited about whatever this is going to be like. Like, I, that, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't think it's going to be terrible, but I think we're just going to see a bunch of games where Louisville maybe loses by 10, 12, 15, 18 points every game. And they're just right there. That could be it. I mean, you just you just don't know, especially without their full roster. You really don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. losing Dennis Evans, I don't think was a, a a big hit. No, Dennis was not ready. Dennis was a guy who was a long term. He was a long term upside guy. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I mean, I hate it for him. I hate it for the young man that he's not going to be able to play. I definitely thought that he had a very bright future with the team, and he's a guy that I was excited to be one of those long-term building blocks. So if it is true that he can't play anymore, um, that's really going to suck. That, that That is really, really, really going to suck. So I, I hate that um, for him personally. But, no, he was not a guy – I mean, Dennis, when he was playing, um, you know, we remember the, the last, you know, four, five, six games he played, Kenny would – pretty much just kind of start him and let him jump do the jump ball and then he was on the bench the rest of the game so i mean he was only playing two three four five minutes so so, you know he was not a guy that was going to be a a big part of it i agree with you with uh, on that but you know we we still hate it for the young man and we wish him the best and hope he hope recovers from his injuries as soon as possible uh and hopefully you know whatever next you know comes about is uh is positive for the young man so yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. And, and as far as now missing JJ, now that now that's going to hurt because that is a lot of, of depth. Yes, uh, to be missing. I mean, J, JJ was their only. JJ is is their only low post threat, like the guy who can get it in inside and efficiently score. And not only can he efficiently score around the basket and he gets a lot of those kind of the alley-oop plays and gets a lot of the putbacks or those types of things. He does, he shoots a high percentage from the floor and he also hustles really hard. So, I mean, he's, he's probably the best athlete on the team. So not having him for the last month has been, you know, for a Louisville team that was already losing um, a lot, to, to lose that guy, I definitely think that losing um, J.J. is one of the uh, – was – one of the the more difficult pills to swallow. I, I I think that his loss has been major. I know Kenny even brought it up. Nobody wants to talk about the ten points and five rebounds that we lost with JJ. But it's like, yeah, I I hear you, Kenny, but you were still losing. So like, let's not act like I'd be winning all these games if JJ was there. But no, I I definitely think that it's a big impact, right? Like uh, that's a dude that that Louisville definitely sorely misses when he's not there. Oh, the, the impact is huge. It's, it, 
you know, and it's not even just his points, is have another body off the bench that you can bring in to relieve your players that can kind of give you something different that you are getting with the guys on the floor. And his experience. I mean, J.J. was starting, though. I mean, he was a, he was a starter. I mean, that, that's a dude that, you know, was coming in, and you could at least count on him. I mean, how many times did we see J.J. have a nice dunk, you know what I'm saying, have a nice play, you know, he'd hit a three here or there, but he just, he always gave you some wow plays. He was he was never going to get, you know, be uh, the leading scorer, but he was always going to give you everything he had, and he was always going to have those couple of plays that's like, okay, he's he's a different athlete than most of these guys out there. Yeah, and then that's what you miss, and his and his leadership, and, and experience, because now you have a, a younger team than, than what you had before, and it's like we said before, though, younger teams tend to take, tend to need more coaching than more experienced teams. Yeah. And I mean and just the, like you said because he's a veteran, he's solid, he's consistent. You, you know what you're going to get with him. I mean, out of all the guys on the team, like Scott Clark kind of he's been pretty consistent with his scoring ability, um but outside of Sky, like JJ is was definitely the most consistent. I, in my argument, I think JJ was the most consistent. You knew what you're going to get with JJ. JJ was going to give you 10, 12 points. He was going to give you five, six, seven, eight boards. He was going to give you a couple blocks. He was going to probably hit at least one three point shot, and he was going to give you consistent hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like he, you knew what you were going to get from him every game, and that's something that before. Um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield started really, really turning up his game over the last month or so. Um, you know, JJ was the one guy you could count on. I think you can count on what Brandon's going to give you now, um, which is where it's kind of tough because if you had at least JJ and Brandon down there together, you got at least your two post players being able to give you a consistent number every night. You know, that could help a lot to at least give you an opportunity to win games you know I mean I'm not necessarily saying that Louisville would go out there and win a bunch of games but I think it it definitely would put you in the best position to make these games a lot closer to where they have a chance yes you know and and that that's what you're missing right now and right and from what it sounds like I mean he's continued to say that JJ is day-to-day that doesn't really mean anything like like how what is the time frame Haven Harrington for day-to-day day-to-day my brother day-to-day you know (laughs) One day at a time, <laughs> sweet Jesus. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. You just I mean, have to. JJ's been day to day for four weeks. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, you, you just, you just never know with these injuries. See, and you know, we've all done sports like for quite a while. We both know that they really don't disclose yes. injuries at any level. You know, everybody's like, uh, he'll be all right. You know, he just has uh, his his. His latest tweak, he may be out for you know one or two weeks. It's like, you know, six, seven months. Yeah, yeah. Like, like no, Rick, you, you don't know. And, and Rick Pitino was the worst at this. It's like, well, you know, he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, right. What does that mean? He'll be all right. When's he coming back? He'll be all right. It's like, thanks. Thanks, can, Coach. Can you give us more information? He'll be all right. <laughs> well, you know, he has a extreme lower leg contusion. And we don't know what's going to happen. Like literally, like two days later, he's on a court. So you know, you just you just don't know. You just have to kind of roll with the punches and, and, and see what happens. And right now, we're rolling through the injury bug, which is kind of weird because we had an injury bug like during our two week break. But you know, maybe they're practicing like really, really hard. You know, to try to get ready for this last stretch. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's that's going to be. That's going to be the question. You know, we just got we got to wait. We have to see what's going to happen with that. Um, 
you know, I, I think that, you know, for, for the Cardinals, um, it's going to be paramount that they try to get these guys back out there. I mean, of course, when you have a team that's losing and guys haven't been playing, you haven't seen them, you can start to get these rumors talking about, well, I, you know, I heard that this guy is going to transfer. I heard that this guy – you know, is 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 upset about this and that because that that's what always follows Haven Harris. You know, when when things are going bad, we start to hear rumors because things aren't going well. You definitely don't have a coaching staff that's open and honest and kind of available with thoughts on things. So you know, with with Kenny being so kind of tight lipped on everything anyway, naturally, and there's very very limited information that comes out of the basketball department. Um, you know, people start to kind of create their own stories. So you don't really know what's true, what's not true. But I mean, I I look forward like me, I look forward to the games because at least gives me a distraction from all of the off the court conjecture. I I know that sounds weird when you're having a like a terrible season, but like the only thing that's gonna help me get through this season is that I can at least watch basketball games. And when I'm watching the basketball games, all I'm worried about is what's going on in the game. You know, like I'm not worried about people calling in mad and angry, talking about this dude needs to be fired. You know, they're not talking about what they heard about this guy not being happy. When you're when you're at least watching the games, you can just focus on the games. Does does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I kind of get that. <laughs> you know, like at least it's just it's still a game. Like the guys still have to go out there and play. There's still X's and O's that are playing his way out, and guys that are trying to make plays. And I mean, you, you get to see guys like Curtis Williams led led Louisville in scoring. Uh, you know, in the game on the road at UVA, like that's that's good to see that a freshman goes out there. He goes on the road, scores 14 points. Um, you know, coming off last year, Mike James had his kind of breakout, even though Louisville, of course, lost that game to UVA on the road. He had 24, 25 points in that game last year. So, I mean, you know, there's still things that you can look at and see. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's where you're at. Like, you're not necessarily watching the games to watch Louisville win or hope that Louisville wins. It's more watching the games to see what the future holds, you know, and, and see what, what guys like Tyler are going to do, guys like – uh, Curtis Williams is going to do, you know, guys to to see like who, who's going to possibly be around to be a part of what happens moving forward. And I think that's kind of the way you have to look at these games and kind of just focus on the individual players and not focus on the fact that your team is struggling, you know, game after game. I think that's the only way to have sanity and still look forward to something when you're going out there just to see who's getting better. Well, you know, but think it's like, but if you're a Kenny Payne fan, you're definitely looking for the wins. Oh, absolutely. And you're also looking for, like, tangible improvement. Like, are these players getting better? Can we see guys? Well, Josh Hurd said deposits. He said, I need to see some positive deposits. Yeah. That's, that's what he called it. And, and so we need to see, like, are guys getting better? It's like, Hunley Hatfield looks like the guy that we all thought he was going to be when he first stepped on campus, right? So he's, he's finally kind of coming that role. So we can say, like, okay, like, he looks better. So then you try to find out, okay, so, like, who else looks better? Who else has, has gotten better as time has gone on? So that's, like, the next big thing. Like, can we see any improvements? And, and, like, and like you said yourself, right, with the ACC just being so blah, who can we sneak up on and beat? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, because like, everybody thought for sure it was going to be Notre Dame. Okay, we can, we can beat Notre Dame because they're – they look just god awful, but <laughs> they managed to, you know, to will off uh, some impressive wins. So maybe they don't look as god awful as we thought they did before, and they don't look as beatable as we thought they 
were before, right? Yeah. But, you know, there's still, you know, possible wins right there. So, like, what else can we do? Like, like what, what other wins can we find? Can we sneak up on a Duke? Can we sneak up on a North Carolina? You just you just don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole that's the whole thing is you know the question of um, you know what 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 can we see what can we find and yeah I mean absolutely I know definitely the Kenny Payne people everybody wants to see the Louisville wins like you know as as critical as I am I don't want to sit there and watch Louisville lose game after game after game after game like that's that's not my idea of a good time and that's my not my idea of a fun season I know some people are like well I don't want Louisville to win too much because you know. Uh, I don't want uh, Kenny to be around. So if he wins too much, then maybe Josh Hurd is going to keep him. Like, I don't think that Kenny's going to win at the level in which he's going to need to win for that to be an issue. So, like, I'm not going to go out every game cheering against Louisville, if that makes sense. I'm just going to watch the games and see what happens. Um, you know, and, and they'll pull out a couple here and there, and then at least the guys will have something. Because I'm, I'm definitely about the players. It's hard for players to go through situations like this, man. It's it's kind of one of those things. Kenny Payne want to talk about the, the hurt and the pain that all this stuff causes. Well, what is the hurt and pain that Kenny Payne is causing to these players right now? Like, he always wants to talk about what, you know, everybody else did to them and, you know, how he's trying to help them. But I, I don't think he's really considering what is That's happening. That's causing too negative, Rashawn. You're way too naked. I, I'm just keeping it real. Hey, we're going to go ahead and take this first break of the day. When we come back, we have plenty more to get into with Haven Harrington. This is Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on WXVW, The Big X. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Second segment of the show. Wake up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris to take care of you. Big X Sports Radio. We are t- talking about all things Louisville Cardinals. We're talking all things sports. Plenty to get into. Plenty that we're discussing. Um, unfortunately, discussing uh, Louisville basketball, which is uh, <laughs> not always the funnest endeavor. But, hey, you know what? It's all good. It's what the people want to talk about. It's, it's like Community th- therapy, Haven Harrington. We got to continue to talk about these things, air our grievances. Uh, Festivus is still continuing, uh, you know, and we have to uh, get those things out and over. It makes everybody feel better. But I tell you what, we're going to go uh, right to the uh, uh, Thornton's text line. We got some texts coming in hot and heavy uh, this uh, this uh, afternoon. It uh, says, uh, uh, well, still morning, almost afternoon. You know what I mean. Uh, it says, happy, happy new year. Wake up 502, main event. Cat Williams culture. Uh, here's a few things. He said, first of all, Rashawn, uh, when you were in Miami, Florida, by your uh, by yourself, I know at least you visited uh, all over <laughs> Nude Beach and the strip club. Well, first of all, I was not in Miami by myself. <laughs> I was down there for a basketball tournament uh, with my son uh, playing in the Palm Beaches Invitational. Um, so I, I was not down there by myself. So there were no visiting of new beaches. I was, you know, most of the time kicking it with the with the the players and the team. 
uh, at the at the team hotel and go out to the beach, do things like that. But we had a great time. Uh, Holy Cross played really, really well. They made it all the way to the championship game. Uh, they played a team from the Washington, D.C. area, uh, St. Albans. Um, came up just two points short in, in the championship game. 62-60 was the final score. Um, St. Albans had a very, very – uh, nice young uh, out, uh, standout player, six 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 seven uh, guard uh, from up in that area from the the, the DMV. Uh, kid hit like seven threes in championship game. Uh, so you know it, it was one of those things where Holy Cross definitely played uh, well enough to win the game. They were unfortunately playing a little shorthanded. I had one of their starters that was out with the flu. Uh, he was not able to play. Um, so they, they were a little shorthanded, but they played very, very well, beat some really good teams, um, and uh, brought a lot of confidence coming back to the city. Um, so, so big shout out to Holy Cross. They actually are going to be playing in the all a regional championship game this afternoon. They'll be taking on evangel. We actually, uh, broadcast live from, uh, the Evangel campus, believe it or not, that's where this, uh, the, where the uh, Big X studio is. Um, so uh, Holy Cross and Evangel is going to be going down at presentation two o'clock this afternoon. So uh, I'll be down there cheering on Cam and the fellas. So uh, hopefully they can uh, get revenge. They lost in the uh, in the Ali Regional Championship to Evangel last year, so they're looking for a little bit of revenge. Haven Harrington, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a heavy lift. That Evangel's got some big boys out there, dog. Man, they always got big dudes. It's like the Monstars. I'm telling you, they got some. They got some. They got some. Some size. They got some length. Uh, Kieran Tilly is one of the better uh, point guards in the state of Kentucky. So uh, they're gonna have their their work cut out for them. But I will say, uh, Holy Cross has uh, gathered a lot of. Um, confidence uh over the last several weeks they've been playing really well um they do have alex jenkins back now alex is healthy he's over his flu and i think the the flu bug was kind of going through the team i think the team has kind of gotten by that so i know they're very excited about the opportunity to go out there and uh, and show what they can do so um you know definitely will be cheering those boys on so yes no no strip clubs and no new beaches no i did not do that <laughs> texter uh says says uh, i'm not going to talk about kp or basketball because there's nothing else left to say he said i'll not uh, be going to uh watch the uh, today's basketball game but we'll watch malik cunningham at 4 p.m uh yeah 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 that's the that's kind of the news right is that you know, uh, Malik Cunningham is going to be making his debut for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Haven Harrington, what, what do you think about that? Like, are, are you excited to see? I mean, I know that the Ravens have already locked up, uh, you know, the, their spot. So none of the starters, Lamar Jackson, and I'm sure Zay Flowers, OBJ, those guys won't be playing today. Um, but are you excited to watch Malik play? See what he can do? Kind of. <laughs> I'm more excited to see, like, if – if Dalvin Cook gets to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm excited to see because Dalvin gives you that experience running back. I, I noted his numbers in uh, in New Jersey, New York were, were just god-awful, but it's New York, and everybody's numbers are god-awful when they go to New York, uh, especially like when they really don't have an, they have an okay offensive line, but, you know, it's just not a lot of top-level talent there to, to kind of help help you out as a running back, right? Everybody can just focus on it because, like, nobody's afraid of Zach Wilson and 
Zibidi Smith or whoever the other quarterback <laughs> is. I mean, on top of the fact that the Jets, that the Jets had literally uh, by the numbers the worst offensive line in foot in uh, in the NFL, lowest rated offensive line. So when you're a running back. You know, it's kind of important, unless you're Barry Sanders, to have a, a decent offensive line. <laughs> I think Barry Sanders and Jim Brown were the only two dudes like who did not need offensive line. It's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless you're just a, a, a phenom, most guys need to actually have a, a line that can create holes and creases uh, to be able to make something happen. And I totally agree with you. I mean, like I said, I mean, even guys that were past their prime, I mean, uh, Mark Ingram was what? You know, he was either 29 or 30 years old. Uh, when he got to Baltimore uh, from New Orleans, everybody thought that Mark Ingram's career was done. That they thought he was going to be kind of a maybe a spot player with the Ravens, and the guy ended up having back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, uh, playing next to Lamar Jackson. So I mean, there is a humongous benefit uh, for any running back that's playing in a backfield that has number eight. Um, so I, I think kind of the uh, reports of uh, Dalvin Cook's demise are kind of greatly exaggerated. And, and I think that being able to have that big of a pickup um, at a position of need, especially with all the injuries that the Ravens have sustained there at running back, uh, you know, when you look at that rotation of running backs that Baltimore has, I mean, they still have really good players. They have Hill, who is kind of their third down kind of uh, pass receiving back. They, of course, have Gus Edwards, the bus, who's kind of their big power guy. Um, I believe the bus has 12, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. He's more the short, short yardage guy. But they lost Keaton Mitchell, their rookie out of uh, Eastern Carolina, to the injury. So they didn't really kind of have that every down back that really fit the mold. They had um, – they have – Melvin Gordon the third, but um, he's not necessarily been great. He's been a little slow. Um, you know, he's not really been able to um, get into the second level and actually make things happen. I think Dalvin, that's the the, the spot that the Ravens are looking to fill is to kind of have that every down back. The guy who both has the ability to kind of hit that home run, but also kind of run between the tackles and, and, and move the sticks. Kind of the in-between of Gus Edwards and, and uh, Hill. You know, and I think that's what they're looking for. I think that's the, what they're hoping to get out of uh, Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win. They signed him to a very uh, minimal deal. Um, you know, that they had they got a kind of worked out a buyout with the Jets. So it's not like the Ravens are having to take on some ridiculous contract. So, I mean, I, I think it's a win-win, don't you? Oh, it's definitely a win-win. Plus, you get a a, a back that is a proven uh, pass catcher as well out the backfield. Yes. So it gives you know since you lost your number one receiver and uh, and Mark Andrews the all worldly tight end, this gives like another you know weapon out the backfield. Yeah. That can come and kind of give you uh, you know some extra catches and can and can put a different type of pressure on a defense. Yeah. And, so and, and he's a proven runner with experience. So you know he's he's pretty good in pass blocking, um, which is wildly important. Uh, he's, 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 he still gives you that speed. You know, he still he has lost a step. You know, he's still a young guy. He's like what twenty eight. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know he's, he still has some speed left in him, which is something that the Ravens desperately needed was a running back that that could stretch the defense. That yeah. could possibly be that that home run threat. Yeah. That I mean that was that was the element that Keaton Mitchell gave them was a guy who could run tough, but also had that ability to take it to the house. And, I mean, that, that that was the unfortunate thing about him having that ACL because it really seemed like he was coming into his own and then just kind of a freak, you know, wrong step. And, you know, they lose him for the year, which was unfortunate because he really did seem like he was coming on to have a very, very promising end of the season for the Ravens. So, you know, ho- hopefully Dalvin Cook can at least shore up some of that 
for the Ravens. But, I mean, the Ravens are playing good football, Haven Harrington. Now, let me ask you, um, with the decision for the Ravens to kind of shut it down, not play Lamar, they talk about the fact that the Ravens, the last time they were in this position in 2019, where they had the number one seed locked up, they rested Lamar Jackson, they come out versus the Chargers, um, you know, after the bye you know, basically having two weeks off before they played again, and they really struggled and looked rusty versus the Chargers. Do you agree with the fact that, you know, they go out there and sit these guys, or do you think they should have at least given uh, Lamar a couple series? I think they should give Lamar a couple of series. I'm I'm not a big fan of, like, giving guys, like, the entire week off, so to speak, yeah. because you tend to get rusty, you know, because, you know, football is one of those sports that, you know, once you're in a rhythm, you want to kind of keep that rhythm going. And I think taking what? this Because they almost get a, what, a double bond the playoffs almost? So it's almost like a three-week off? Well, no, it's, it's two weeks because it, yeah. they get they have the super, the, the what they call it, the super wild card weekend. So it's still only one because only one team gets the bye. The way they do it because they added the teams, um, you know, they added a set of teams. They, only, they still only get one week off, but only the one seed gets the bye. Like two seed has to play. So, yeah, it's kind of the uh, – <laughs> the interesting way in which they 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 do it now with the with the addition of the of the you know the the new teams uh, and you know so you're taking two weeks off a lot of times when you come back you know it takes you you know a while to kind of get back in stride and you know I, I would just prefer for at least them to play one maybe two series and kind of keep that momentum going that's just me yeah. Yeah. That's just me, and and I, and I understand it. You know, I definitely agree with the the, the with sitting them. Main reason I don't want to see T.J. White, and, and I don't want to see those those dudes from the Steelers. A, the Steelers are playing for their playoff lives. They need to win this game to have a possibility of getting in the playoffs. So they're going to be playing really hard. The Steelers are always very physical when they you know when them and the Ravens meet. So there tends to be a lot of injuries. Uh, when the Ravens and Steelers play. So I just I, – I can't go out there. I can't put Ronnie Stanley out there. I can't put Lamar Jackson out there. Definitely not putting Kyle Hamilton out there. Um, you know, guys with an injury history, Patrick Queen, I'm probably not going to play him because he has an injury history. I'm not playing any of the guys that I know have a tendency to get banged up because it's going to be a very physical football game, and Pittsburgh is actually playing for something. It's not like Pittsburgh is done and, and they're not going to be out there playing for anything. So – you know, I, I just think that it's one of those situations where uh, you have to err on the side of caution. But I tell you what, we are we have rushed to the close of our first hour, Haven Harrington. So Man, uh, it was quick. I know it was quick, wasn't it? But uh, we're going to go ahead and get back and uh, we'll be back with the second hour. Wake up 502. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Wake Up 502, WXVW Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers, 
Haven Harrington taking care of you. It is going down here on a rainy, cold, ugly Saturday in Louisville. But that's all right. It's nice and warm and toasty here in the Palatial Studios, uh, the Louisville College of Business Studios of WXVW Big X. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So, you know, as long as we're warm and toasty in here, that's all that matters. Uh, you know, so we're taking care of you this morning. We have been chatting about all things Louisville basketball. Um, it just very, very um, tough conversations to have. Definitely appreciate you guys uh, chiming in with your texts. Of course, if you want to continue to send those texts in, would love to hear from you. Uh, that is 502-414-1450. That is the Thorns text line. You can also give me a call, 502-384-1450. Um, that is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. I would love to hear from you. Haven will be joining back in just a moment. Uh, we had some uh, uh, technical things uh, going on here at the studio. That's why we were a little late coming back uh, off the break, uh, trying to uh, you know, p- keep together this high wire act. But I think we got it together. So hopefully uh, no more issues there. Um, but uh, I tell you what, uh, we're going to jump right back on. I, I was uh, very interested in the, some of these texts that we were getting in. Um, so uh, we're going to hop right back to that. Um, Texter says, uh, uh, Brom out here bringing in horses in the backfield. Also, what's going on with the tight end from Ball State that withdrew his transfer? Um, yes, so um, a couple of news nuggets um, over the last uh, about 48 hours uh, for Louisville football. Of course, Jeff Brom has been absolutely killing it in the portal, um, has done a very, very good job of uh, filling in and adding to um, his team. Of course, uh, the big-time announcement that uh, at the same time that, of course, we, we got the announcement that Isaac Garendo, um, the transfer from Wisconsin that had a, a very great year um, besides Jawar Jordan in the backfield for, for Louisville, uh, decided that he uh, is going to not only go to the, the, to the Shrine game and the Shrine Bowl, but he's going to uh, announce his uh, declaration for the NFL draft. Um, and that, you know, right after that, of course, the top available running back prospect in the transfer portal, Penny Boone, uh, they call him baby bus because, uh, he reminds folks of, uh, Jerome Bettis, the, the bruising, bruising running back that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for all those years. Um, Penny Boone, uh, who was on a visit to the University of Louisville and actually may still be on his visit, actually, uh, committed uh, to Louisville. So um, once again, you know, Jeff Brom goes out there uh, and, you know, swings for the fences and hits a home run, bringing in uh, the best talent available um, out there. He had already added a former uh, five-star running back from Miami earlier in the cycle. Uh, now he adds the best running back available out there, a very physical runner, a guy who has the power uh, you know, to shed blockers or, or excuse me, to shed defenders uh, in the hole and then also uh, the speed to take it a distance. So Penny Boone is absolutely a big-time addition. Um, he's definitely going to be your running back one. Uh, and it's just very exciting uh, that you can add a guy like that. Um, so just, you know, continuing to just add to this offense. I know we're still awaiting, uh, you know, word uh, and information on Jalen Lucas, uh, you know, kind of the do everything running back wide receiver athlete from Indiana. Uh, Jalen's continued to take other visits. So uh, we're still awaiting to see if he's going to be a part of Louisville, or if he's going to go elsewhere. Um, but, you know, I know that is still ongoing. Uh, now, we did get news that uh, I believe the young man's name is uh, Tanner Kozoyle. 
um, who was a, a very talented young tight end from Ball State, uh, had made the announcement that uh, he's going to, in, instead of uh, holding on to his commitment to uh, honoring his commitment to the University of Louisville, that he uh, decided to withdraw his name from the transfer portal and stay at Ball State. I'm going to just basically say I'm not surprised. Um, you know, a young man like Tanner, I think he was okay when, uh, you know, uh, when, when Redmond, uh, Mark, I believe his name is Mark Redmond, the uh, very, very ultra-talented tight end from San Diego State made the commitment to Louisville. I think he was okay with that um, because we understand that, you know, Jeff Brown plays a lot of two tight end. Um, and while there were some other tight ends that were returning for Louisville, I think Tanner was okay with um, going out there and competing because he felt that, you know, I'm at least going to be in that two deep, you know, or, or three tight end sets. I'm going to have an opportunity to get out there and play. But when Louisville decided to go out and add Isaiah Cummings, the former male high school standout uh, in Kentucky Wildcat, um, that's another tight end to add to the mix. And I think for Tanner, he just decided, you know, the, the tight end room was getting a little, you know, crowded. I mean, because you still have um, uh, J- Jeremy Johnson there, uh, you know, the uh, four-star, five-star tight end uh, from California. Uh, you know, he's still there. You still have um, tight ends uh, returning that played a lot of snaps as well for Louisville last year. So I, I think with adding – you know, with having three tight ends come in through the transfer portal and returning at least two to three tight ends uh, from the previous season, uh, Tanner decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just stick where I'm at. And I can't blame him for that because I don't think that he was going to be the number one guy. And you had the possibility with Jeremy Johnson um, coming off of a redshirt year to possibly fight for that number two spot. So now you're looking at the possibility that you may be the number three guy at best, and that would be beating out a college tight end that's already been playing at the school and has had success. Um, so, you know, for him, I think it's a good move. Uh, you know, the, uh, I would, I was hoping with a lot of these guys, because this is the way I look at it. With any of these players that are coming in, um, if you're going to come in and you're going to commit, in my personal opinion, I think that it's good to go through at least spring camp um, to see how things go and to go through spring practice and see where you fall on the depth chart and then make your move from there. But with such a crowded room and seeing the talent that's out there for Louisville at the tight end position, I can't blame Tanner, especially because, you know, now Tanner can stay at Ball State. Um, He can go through spring camp where he is. He doesn't have to worry because I don't know the rules or I don't necessarily – understand how this whole transfer portal thing works so like let's say you transfer to louisville before spring camp you get enrolled at uofl you're going through spring practice can you then if things don't work out well transfer somewhere else after that like i I don't know you know how does that count is that something that you can do so i mean for tanner it, it work if you can only do the transfer the one time and actually maintain that eligibility to play immediately it makes sense to go and just pull your name out of the portal stay at ball state maybe go through spring camp and then if you see an opportunity that opens up and you decide you still want to transfer you can transfer after spring um and and make that move if, if there's something that becomes available like that to me at least makes sense 
Um, you know, and you know, he was very good at Ball State, and he was going to be a big part. He, was, I believe, he was the leading receiver for Ball State last year. So, I mean, at worst, he's going to come back to Ball State and be kind of their go-to guy. Um, you know, out there as a receiving threat. So, you know, I, I think it gives him the most flexibility and in a situation where he's not necessarily trusting his ability to get into that two or three deep, um, you know, I, I can understand it. So I, I don't hold that against him. Uh, I do wish him well. Um, I think that, that Jeff Brom has done an amazing job of addressing, um, you know, the shortcomings that there were in the tight end room. Um, this year. So I, I think that he's done a wonderful job of filling that in. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have any issues uh, with that. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens with that. I think that this Louisville offense has just continued to add weapons. This Louisville defense um, is continuing to add weapons as well. Jerryante Davis, the um, very, very talented linebacker, outside linebacker from Texas A&M. He's kind of been all over the place in terms of where he uh, is you know, going and where he's going to transfer to. Uh, he's been looked at by um, – you know, tons of schools, and he's, uh, you know, kind of flip-flop back and forth. Well, right now, um, you know, Louisville is looking like he has his eyes set on them. He is taking a visit. Um, there's not been any news as of yet, I don't believe, unless it's happened since uh, we got in here this morning that he's committed to Louisville. Um, but he's a very talented defender with the possibility of adding him to the Louisville defense. Um, you know, I, I think that that would be – uh, a huge, huge feather in the cap uh, for the Cardinals if they could get him and add him to the defense. When you look at what they have coming in and coming back, uh, you know, with Ashton Gelati coming back on the defensive line, you added Thor Griffith. Um, of course, um, you're going to have TJ Capers, who's uh, you know going to hopefully be fully healed uh, from his uh, knee injury, and he's going to be ready to go. They're going to add Aaron Williams, the super talented cornerback from California that sat out with the injury as well. Um, you already have Corey Thorne that you brought over as a transfer cornerback uh, from uh, UCF. So, I mean, uh, you know, Jeff Brom is absolutely reloading uh, right now. And, you know, with that being the case, um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity um, for excitement moving forward. I think Louisville's either rated first or second in most transfer portal rankings right now. Um, And that, I believe that was before the Penny Boone announcement. I don't know um, if that announcement moves them back to the top, but I think with, you know, those guys and being able to uh, add a guy like Jerryante Davis if he does make that decision as well. There's still plenty of guys out there. I would expect that you'll continue to see movement uh, both in, in and out. So I'm going to tell people this right now. Okay, you're still going to have guys announcing transfers. You're probably still going to have a couple more players. I know they've said that you know Louisville is confident that nobody else is leaving, but you just never know, especially once you get to spring practice. Once you get to spring practice, there may be another round of departures. Especially if I, you know, when, when I look at it, I think the quarterback room for Louisville um, is very much um, loaded. Okay, and, and you know when, when you're bringing in Deuce Adams as a freshman this year, you're bringing back Pierce Clarkson. You still have Brady Allen. You have Tyler Shook. Um, I think there's going to be a very, very stiff, uh, competitive quarterback room. You know, with with Pierce being healthy this year, he was not healthy for spring practice last year. You know, with Pierce, he's got an eye on wanting to come in and, and take that starting spot. You know, and, and I know that Tyler Shook was brought in to be the guy, but 
Jeff Brown is going to give it to the you know the best guy for the job. So I think that there's going to be a lot of competition out there, and I think there's going to be guys that are vying for those spots. And I think whoever ends up, say, in third and fourth place, don't be surprised if those guys decide they want to go ahead and transfer on out and go somewhere else. I think these guys are going to go through the spring camp to see where they land. Um, but I would not be surprised to see one or two quarterbacks end up um, deciding that they want to move on. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot that's still uh, there to, to shake out, um, but I'm excited about what Jeff Brom is doing right now um, with the transfer portal. Um, so, you know, I, I will just say that. Uh, Texter says, uh, did you see um, – uh, did you all see the guy jump on the judge, Cat Williams, telling uh, the business – and one of Tyreek Hill's baby mamas doing a left eye Lopez catching his house on fire. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I will never advocate for, you know, any sort of violence like that. But that dude jumping over the, the judge's stand and tackling the judge was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, I know the situation isn't funny, but there's been so many – I mean, you know, the meme police just immediately grabbed that and did a billion different things with it, and they've all been hilarious. So while the situation itself was not hilarious, very serious, and something that should never happen, um, the memes were very well done. Uh, so very funny. Uh, yes, I saw that. Uh, that poor judge, I'm sure she had her life flash uh, before her eyes. Um, but, yeah, so some of the um, – the the remakes of the situation and what happened and all those types of things have been funny so yeah i i did i like that cat the whole cat williams thing um i've not really gotten into much all i know is that cat williams said something and everybody has a response to it and everybody has a reply to it um so you know it's <laughs> hollywood's gonna hollywood and especially when you got comedians talking about other comedians and everybody's gonna have something to say so you know, I'm going to let Cat do his thing. And, yeah, but poor Tyreek. They said – now, the official story is that there was some kid playing with matches in the house, and that's what burnt his house down. So that's the official story. I don't know if that's the actual story, but I, I feel like that's the story that they're going to go with. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to let Tyreek have that. I'm going to let him have that, and uh, we'll just kind of we'll just kind of leave that there. Uh, we'll, we'll just leave that one there. I, I'll just put it like that. Um, he said, and, and Texas says, lastly, um, we discussed uh, this last week. Would you rather see NFL uh, on Christmas or the NBA? Or if the Bulls were playing when Jordan was at his peak? Okay, first of all, I don't like bad football. Okay, so like if it's going to be NFL on Christmas Day, I'm going to watch an NFL game if it's a good game. I mean, if it's a good game, I'm going to watch it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to. I don't know, not watch basketball. Now, I will say this is probably this Christmas I probably watched less basketball than I probably ever have, but that had something to do with the fact that I was flying um, to Miami on Christmas Day. So my day was a little busy, um, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I, I want to watch sports. I don't care if it's basketball. I don't care if it's football. As long as it's good games, like I'm not going to – you know, Haven Harrington is going to watch games – Good, bad. It can be, you know, I don't, I don't want to call out any horrible teams, but if the Texans are playing like the Atlanta Falcons, I don't want to watch that game. I don't care what, if it's Christmas Day. Like, Haven Harrington's going to watch that game anyway. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not one of those people. 
Um, but, you know, I, I, I like to see good games. So, you know, uh, if it's a good game, basketball, um, whatever, I'm going to watch it. So Christmas Day, just give me entertainment. I'm going to watch all of it. But, you know, I'm more of a basketball guy any, anyway. I know Haven's always doing the, you know, I'm going to watch the football, football guy line. But, yeah, whatever. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to hit this next break. When we come back, we have plenty more to discuss. I have some things that I want to get into um, you know, in the in the area of the NBA, uh, <laughs> watching the Lakers absolutely implode is hilarious. So we're going to get into that and much, much more. This is Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, WXVW, The Big X, and we'll be back. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show, Big X Sports Radio, WXVW. Rashawn Myers taking care of you this morning. 96.1 FM, we are the Big X. Uh, and I tell you what, man, love a little if, if I rule the world. You know what I'm saying? Going with the instrumentals this morning, I wonder if you all been able to pick out uh, and pull out all of those. We should be, play like a guessing game. I don't know. Give away like a prize at the end of the day. Maybe we'll start doing that. You guess the instrumental. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Try, you got to come up with, with ideas, man, especially for basketball season because, you know, we got to have something to have some other conversations because literally just talking about this basketball team is going to make you cry. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm just going to leave that at that and just, uh, you know, digress with it <laughs> just because I, I can't just like, while, while I do want to break down the X's and O's of the game, um, you know, I, I can't just do that. Now, I did want to talk about one other nugget on the basketball side um, that we didn't get to earlier, and I and I wanted to get with uh, Haven Harrington to ask him about it before he got out of there, and I couldn't. Um, was kind of the thoughts from Corey Alexander after, or well, during the uh, the Virginia game, and I know that it's been talked about on other stations, but I hadn't really, I really didn't say anything. Like you all know me, I'm very active um, during. You know, on Twitter uh, during games and talking about them, and I want to say the game, the UVA game. I watched that game, the whole game from start to finish, um, and it's probably one of the first times that I I went and watched the game and didn't really tweet anything at all. But listen to Corey Alexander um, sit there and have his comments talking about you know everybody just getting all upset with Kenny Payne and trying to remind people of, you know, Tony Bennett's second year at Virginia and how he didn't have a good start and had a losing record. I believe he was like 16 and 17 or 15 and 16 and talking about how, you know, if 
If if Virginia would have gotten mad at Tony Bennett and got rid of him after his second year because he had a losing season, they would have never won that championship. Basically just trying to use some ridiculous analogy <clears throat> that he pre-scripted in his uh, pre-meeting to try to drive home some point that people need to like just let Kenny leave Kenny Payne alone and just let him kind of do his thing. Um, a, first of all, it sounded ridiculous <laughs> just for the simple fact that you know, Tony Bennett was an established coach that had been a very successful coach at Washington State, which is why he got the job at UVA. So, you know, with the success that Bennett's teams had there, um, there was never any question about whether or not he was a good coach because he had the resume and he had success to back it up. So, you know, having a, you know, not great second year at a school that's not really used to having any basketball success anyway, not really going to throw up any red flags. But when you look at a guy like Kenny Payne, who um, has never been a head coach coming off of a four-win season, uh, and now you're in your second year and, you know, you are uh, struggling mightily, uh, you know, sitting at five and eight, you know, after only winning four games last year and you're in an ACC that – Right now, Kim Palm projects for you to win one game this year at home versus Notre Dame and lose every other game this year, which means you're going to finish with um, what a, a six and twenty-six record rather than a four and twenty-eight record. Um, and saying that you know Louisville fans that are just getting on Kenny Payne and and you know doing all this stuff, and from what I see, he still shows me he's the the guy for the job. First of all, I'm going to tell you this, Corey. If you were truly watching the games and watching the issues that Louisville has and watching kind of the the threads from year one to year two, that would not be your opinion, okay, that everything is just going great and that, uh, you know, everything is fine. That would not be your opinion because, you know, it's just not true. There's just so – there's so many issues out there for Louisville in terms of – their execution in terms of, you know, the the sloppiness, just all those types of things um, that that are out there that they're having issues with. Um, That, you know, there's no chance that you could say, okay, I look at this and I know without a doubt um, that everything is going to be okay. Um, So that's baloney, okay? That's garbage. Um, You're just saying something because you want to try to support KP, which I understand, but don't just come out there. Like he he basically just talked, and I said this on – um, I did make this mention on Twitter um, about Corey's comments. I was like, Corey is literally just talking and just hoping that nobody's going to fact check any of the information or like you think Louisville fans are stupid. And last thing I last time I checked, Louisville fans are not stupid. They are very, very knowledgeable basketball people, and we know a good product when we see it. Um, uh, so you know, I, I just I felt like that was very disingenuous, but just I'm telling you. All the former players, all the former athlete broadcasters are going to have KP's back. They just are. Whether it be Jay Williams, whether it be Corey Alexander, whether it be um, whoever. I mean, Kenny has a lot of friends in the industry. He has a lot of connections with, uh, you know, his NBA days. So, you know, this is going to continue to happen. So it's better for you to just not let it get on your nerves because it's going to happen over and uh, over again. Um, uh you know, so I, so I just say all that to say, just don't, don't let it get your blood pressure up. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, I, that that that's just just 
relax. Just relax. Uh, you know, I, that, I, I just saw so many people getting upset and so many people getting angry about his comments, um, you know, the, the, during that game. And it's just like, you know, they're going to do that. Like, this, it's a fraternity, man. Like, everybody takes up for everybody. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, it just, that's the way it is. You know what I'm saying? So just just get used to it and just go from there. I I, I will just say that about that whole thing. A texter says, um, he said, I, I need your thoughts. I'm in a contest on today's game. Combined points and rebounds for Brandon Huntley Hatfield uh, on today's game. Um, hmm, so that's, a, that's an interesting question. So let's see. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, total combined points and rebounds. Um, I am going to say, let's go, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do this the right way, shall we? Let's go ahead and let's just take a look at old Brandon and see what he's been doing. And we'll answer this question. So, um, when we look at, you know, Brandon's, because he, Brandon has been playing better and to his credit, he has really, really stepped up over the last several games. Okay. So, uh, we can, we can acknowledge that Brandon has been playing well, uh, I mean, Brandon in the last, let's just look at this over his last, since this, the, the month of December started 14 points, nine rebounds. He did have a bad, horrible game at DePaul, 4.6 rebounds. Terrible. He was in foul trouble like that whole game though. He fouled out five fouls. He only played 27 minutes, uh, but 20 points, 11 rebounds versus Arkansas state, 20 points, 12 rebounds versus Pepperdine, 16 points, 11 rebounds versus UK at Virginia, uh, nine points, five boards. Not a great game, but Virginia, you're not going to have big-time stats. Um, against Pittsburgh, I mean, I would say if you were going to do – I don't know if it's an over-under thing of combined points and rebounds for Brandon. Um, looking at these numbers and projecting what he's probably going to do versus a Pittsburgh team, I would say Brandon's probably going to go somewhere in the er- in the area of maybe 15 points, nine rebounds – 10 rebounds probably a safe estimate be like what 15 points 10 rebounds so that'd be a combined total of 25 so if you're over under is is over 20 21 22 then I'm definitely taking the over but I think he's going to have at least a combined 25 total between uh, his points and his rebounds. I mean, that that's pretty much a safe estimate. Louisville's at home. Uh, Brandon has been playing better. He's been playing motivated. Um, you know, when I look at what uh, Pittsburgh as a team has been doing, um, you know, that they've been a team that, let's see, that their point totals, yeah, let's take a look at old Pittsburgh. They're 0-3 in the conference, 9-5 and overall. They've been giving up. Some, I mean, against the decent competition, they gave up 70 points versus North Carolina. They gave up 81 points versus Syracuse. Against West Virginia, West Virginia scored 63. Clemson scored 79. So, I mean, most of these teams, when they're playing Power 5 competition, those teams are getting uh, into the 70s for the most part. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that Brandon over under, give him 25 total. I think he gets to 25. So, if you have an over and under, um, if it's if it's – Less than 25, I'd say take the over. So hopefully that helps you out. So Sorry, I don't know if that was the best uh, radio, y'all, but you know I, I try to give the people what they want. If you have a question for me, you can give me a call as well or give me a text, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. I'd love to answer that for you. Um, 
But, you know, I, I think that's where they're at. Like I, I have to say, like, if there's going to be one guy that just sends KP a gift basket or sends him thank you cards or, or whatever, it's definitely going to be Brandon Huntley Hatfield. That young man has done more to reinvigorate his career um, after a very tough year at Tennessee as a, as a first year as a reclass player and then to come to Louisville and play as horribly as he did last year. And the way he started out this uh, second season, he was terrible again, but – KP finally found a way to light a fire on that young man, and he has been playing hard, and he has been playing aggressive, and while the team is struggling, he has not allowed any of that, um, you know, to, uh, you know, that that has not allowed him to slow down. Like, the, the losses by the team, like, he's just coming in and dominating his matchup. You know, like, that, that's what he's doing. That's what he's coming out there um, and, and basically – uh, bringing to the table is that he's going to give constant effort. He's going to give constant fight, and he doesn't care what's happening. He's going to take care of his situation. So you know, I, I would say um, Brandon is 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 a safe bet. You know, it would be great to see JJ get back out there though, because I mean, honestly, with the way Brandon's playing now and JJ, what he's bringing to the table, you could you could see Louisville steal some of these games at home. You know, I'm not saying that they would have a turnaround in their season, but you could at least see Louisville. I mean, when I look at these games and I look at these these home games for UofL, um, you know, I don't see why there's any reason why they could knock off a, a Pittsburgh team that's 0-3 in the conference. You know what I'm saying? If if they could get a consistent effort. If they if Brandon can give you 15 and 10 and then J.J. can give you 10 and 8, and a couple dunks, like with what you're getting from Sky Clark and with what you're getting from Mike James, um, you know, and Tyler Johnson, like why couldn't you get a win, you know, uh, at home versus Pittsburgh? Like they're not going to get a bunch of wins. Like I don't think they can, they're going to go on the road and win any games. They're not going to go to Miami and win. Um, you know, NC State at home is going to be a very difficult game for them. I don't think they can win that. Then they go on the road at North Carolina at Wake Forest. Uh, then they got home versus Duke and home versus Virginia again, then at Clemson. Like, literally Louisville – I mean, Florida State's terrible. But, I mean, even when Louisville's playing well, Florida State tends to always beat them because it's just a bad matchup, and they go on the road at Syracuse. But, I mean, you have a home game versus Georgia Tech, which is going to be very difficult um, just because Georgia Tech is playing a lot better. I mean, this is a, this is not a, an easy schedule this year. I mean, Louisville has a very tough – Slate. I mean that that home game versus Notre Dame on February twenty first. Um, you know the home game versus Syracuse on March second because I I just don't think Syracuse is that great. Um, those are probably you know your opportunities for win home versus Georgia Tech, home versus Syracuse, and maybe this game today versus Pitt. Like those are probably the the three games. If Louisville was to say get three conference wins, you know which is kind of the the prevailing thought is that Louisville will find a way to get two or three conference wins. Those are like the three most likely games. Like today is one of the most likely games. Like if you lose today versus Pitt, you're probably not going to see another win um, until at the earliest um, February sometime. Like you're talking about going the whole month of January uh, without a win uh, if, if you don't get this game today. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to get this because Louisville does have a very difficult schedule. I mean, Steve Forbes has Wake Forest playing great basketball right now. 
Um, so you're not going on the road and beating, of course, North Carolina on the road. You're not beating Wake Forest on the road. You're not beating Duke at home. I mean, you just you have very limited opportunities until February at the earliest to, to you know win anything. So I mean, especially with how difficult this month is going to be, the question is going to start to become: If you don't win, beat Pittsburgh today, will Kenny Payne make it to February? Uh, and I think that's kind of where the conversation is going to turn to because if you don't win this Pittsburgh game today, I don't think you're going to win a, a game the rest of the month. Because you, And it's not just because Louisville's playing terrible. The toughest part of their schedule is the month of January in the ACC. Um, that They have some opportunities for wins in February, but the question is with um, how difficult – this month of January is going to be, what's the team going to have left in terms of motivation? What's this team going to have left in terms of guys bought in? You know, at that point, if you've lost all these games in a row in January, how's that going to manifest itself come February? I know they still have to play the games, and I know anything can happen in an upset, but when you look at the games that they have to play and who they have to play against, I mean, <clears throat> all these look like double-digit double, double digit losses, y'all. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I hate to say that, but um, yikes. I, just, I, I really hadn't looked at it again. Like, I've tried to kind of stay away. I, I've really used football. Like, for me, uh, and y'all know I love basketball. I have really tried to just focus in on football as long as possible. I've probably paid more attention to the NFL than I ever have. Um, I have probably paid more attention to off-season conversations than I ever have. Um, but I have tried to just kind of watch national basketball and ignore Louisville basketball. But looking at that schedule, man, whoo, oh, it's – find a way to win today, Kenny. That's all I'm going to say. 12 o'clock on, on the CW, y'all. Louisville's going to put their best effort out there. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that now. Louisville's going to make a serious push to win that game today. Um I won't say it's a 50-50 coin toss, um, but I think Louisville's going to have a chance, and the main reason I say that is because if they don't find a way to have a chance in this game today, I don't know when that next win's going to come. Um, so let's just hope that they can find a way to get it done. I know a lot of people think that I'm, I am I don't like the coaching staff, and uh, you know I've been very critical of them, and I, I enjoy watching them lose. I never cheer against my team. Um and I want to see them do well. Um, so I, I will be I won't be in attendance today because I will be at presentation supporting my son uh, at his game versus Evangel. Um, but I will be watching the game. Um, I, I will watch the game probably the first half from home before I head um, to to um, to the basketball game at presentation. Um, but I, I will be you know supporting and cheering for Louisville. I'd love to see for, see them get a win and just take some of the pressure off these players because the players didn't ask for this, okay? The players didn't ask to be in this position of this situation. Um, you know, I, I, they don't want to lose. I don't want to see them lose. I don't want to see them have to go through this. Players do not come to the University of Louisville for this experience, and the experience that these young men have had over the last three years is just not fair to them because this is a great tradition with a great fan base, a great program, a proud program, and to just see – what they've had to deal with over these last three years. These players deserve better than that. L. Ellis deserves better than that. Scott Clark deserves better than that. Brandon Huntley Hatfield deserves better than that. 
Um, you know, all these players that have come through over the last couple of years. Fabio Basili, even though I don't think he necessarily should have been recruited at Louisville, he deserved better than that. Um, you know, and it's the, the coach's fault, okay? The, it's the coach's decision and, and, and what he did to both prepare his team and the roster that he put together. This falls solely on them. Chris Mack's final year. The fact that Chris Mack decided to just basically not coach his team and have a pity party and just go sit in his room and cross his arms and let Pegues and McMains run the team and run that team into the ground. That's on him. That's on Coach Mack. Um, these players did not ask that. You need to go out there and put your best foot forward because your players did not ask for this. They asked that they wanted to be recruited. They wanted to be D1 players. They believed in you, and you just basically just quit on them. And I'm speaking of Chris Mack when I talk about that. And that's just not fair to them. It's an unfortunate situation, and because you decided to have a pity party and pout because Neely Bendapudi was mean to you, um, Louisville's in this situation now. Um, and, and, you know, KP and what's happening with the team this these last couple of years, that's on him. That's on him for not putting together a roster that makes sense. That's on him for not using the transfer portal and then trying to come out midway through his second year and say, you know what, guys, I think I need to use the transfer portal. Well, no crap, Kenny. Like, everybody knows that you need to use the transfer portal. Everybody was asking why you weren't going out there and getting veterans to come out there. And now you having a revelation that you think you need to use the transfer portal, um, you know, moving forward just is annoying to begin with just just the fact that you come out and act like this is some revelation that you finally figured out just makes it worse so you know go out there coach your team the best you can you know the fans that are there i'm glad that you all are still out there and you're you're loud and you're trying to push these guys forward and you still have something left i am amazed at the resiliency of the fans the ones that do come out i know that there's not a lot of people there i believe they said the pepperdine game um was the lowest attendance this year. I believe 4,314 people scanned tickets. So just a very small crowd. I mean, Louisville's drawing crowds now that wouldn't even fill in like East Carolina's arena. Like you remember how how when Louisville was in, uh, what was that? Was that Conference USA? I believe it was Conference USA when they were playing East Carolina. When we went down to East Carolina to play a game down there and they were all hyped because Louisville was coming in as a ranked team and they were they were going to be on TV. Do you remember? I don't know if you all remember that game, but I remember that that Rick Pitino. Um, it was early in his uh, early in his tenure, and we had a game at East Carolina, uh, and you know they thought they were going to have this big game, and Louisville just went down there and just absolutely destroyed East Carolina. But they had like a super small gym. It looked like almost not necessarily. A, a high school gym, but I mean that gym could not have held more than four or five thousand fans. Louisville is not is drawing up is only drawing enough fans to maybe fill East Carolina's arena right now. Like that's where we're at. You know, and when your program is falling to that point, man, it's just it's unbelievable that it's that bad, but at least the four thousand, forty five hundred, five thousand fans that are there are loud and very supportive i mean it's sad to see because <clears throat> you know because K the kfc yum center is so big and, and you know just to see how small the crowd is it's it's, it's very a sad, definitely a sad state of affairs but at least you're out there and you're giving everything you can like i hate it for the fans i hate it for the players you know i don't hate it for the coaches because the coaches made their bed 
Um, they get paid very, very well to be here. So I don't feel sorry for the coaches at all. None of them. I don't. Um, you know, the, this is this is the, the situation that you've created and you're paid for it. So I, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. That just doesn't just doesn't compute to me. Um, but I, I do hope that, that we'll at least moving forward see something uh, better than what we've seen so far. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get some guys back. Hopefully J.J. is going to come back and be a part of this team and that Louisville can at least go out there and show some fight because they're going to need it um, over the, the next couple of weeks because if they don't have that, there's going to be a lot of lopsided games. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of lopsided games. There's going to be a lot of lopsided losses if these guys aren't healthy and aren't able to come out there and just continue to give great effort that they've given so far. That's the one thing I'll say, and I said to Haven earlier, um, is that I feel like this team has really come out and given the effort needed to win basketball games. The problem is that the game plan and the pre preparation and scouting, that's where this team is falling short. It's not because of talent. It's not because of effort. All that's being given. It's just the, the, the all the things that the, the, the coach is supposed to take care of, that's where this team is failing. Um, that, that That's my personal opinion on it. Um, but but I tell you what, the, the other thing that I that I want to get to, did y'all see Victor Webinyama the other night against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks? That young man, I, I have to give him credit. Um, you know, Victor Webinyama, for all the hype that he had coming in, it is so hard when you are the the man in a draft class and people talk about how great he is and people talked about, you know, how he's a mix between Kevin Durant and – Giannis Antetokounmpo and Larry Bird and you know they make all these ridiculous conversations Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert on defense and you know Larry Bird on offense and can do this that and the third you know he got a lot of hype coming in and that young man has absolutely lived up to every bit of it and more and to see somebody at his size that can do what he can do and just getting so much praise uh, from guys. I mean, he had 27 points, seven rebounds, uh, eight, uh, eight blocks or assists or something, something crazy had an unbelievable block on Giannis, uh, the other night. Uh, that young man is just doing absolute work. Um, you know, for, for, for the, the Spurs, the Spurs aren't necessarily winning a lot of games, but Victor has been as good as advertised. So, um, uh, very very excited for to to watch and continue to see his development. The Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> I know Haven says that I hate the Lakers and I hate well I don't hate the Lakers and I hate LeBron James and I enjoy watching him fail. But uh, watching the Lakers that they've lost I believe eight straight games. Um, they are just in an absolute free fall. They are below five hundred uh, as it stands today. Uh, the Lakers are sitting at 17 and 19 and would be out of the playoffs right now. Um, they're, they're lo no, they lost, they lost, they, they have, excuse me, they have lost four in a row and they're two and eight in their last 10. So they are really, really struggling. And the Golden State Warriors are right there with them. Like the Golden State Warriors have been, um, pretty bad as well, but not nearly as bad as LeBron and crew. It just seemed like, like now we know, like the, the, uh, the Lakers put all of their effort into winning the in season tournament. Once the in season tournament was over, LeBron, you know, finally ascended back to the mountaintop of winning a regular season game and a regular season championship. 
and now he's done. He doesn't care about uh, going on to, to the NBA playoffs. He doesn't care about doing all that stuff. He just wanted to win that in-season tournament, and now we know that's what it was all about. They hung their banner, and yes, they absolutely did. The, the team that has, what, 17 world championships hung a banner for an in-season tournament title, y'all. And since they hung the banner for that in-season tournament, they are like, they, they, I think they're like two and eight. Like I think that this last ten games, they've played like ten games since the end of the season, in-season tournament, and they've only won two of them. Like that's that's just hilarious to me. Just that whole situation. The Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis is playing like a man possessed. Like for as bad as the Lakers have been, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis looks like um, he looks like Brandon Huntley Hatfield does for the Louisville basketball team. Like I'm not saying that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is Anthony Davis, and I'm not comparing to talent wise, but I'm just talking about a dude that is just absolutely bawling out of his mind while the team around him is just terrible. That's what Anthony Davis is right now. Like, he's trying to do everything except uh, mop the floor and sell popcorn. Like, he's literally just dominating games, just looking unbelievable, hitting fadeaways, you know, spin move, dunking on people, blocking shots. He just looks like Anthony Davis is literally having one of his best years. And it's in the midst of the Lakers just losing game after game after game after game. So it like the Lakers are very funny to watch. It, it was hilarious watching them last night. You know they they lost to the hapless Memphis Grizzlies, who were finally starting to do something now that John Morant's been reinstated after his twenty five game suspension. So you know the Grizzlies are trying to come out of the basement, um, and they're starting to play better. The Grizzlies got that win. I believe they won by like twelve or fourteen points last night in L. A. Uh, and got that win. But while the you know the Grizzlies are trying to come up uh, out of the basement, the Lakers are slowly moving into the basement. And I think we are headed for, um, I don't know, I, like Dar- Darvin Ham's more than likely going to get, you know, they're already blaming him. So my guess is Darvin Ham is going to be the guy who hits the chopping block. I don't know what the if the Lakers are going to do that in season. Uh, my guess is if they lose, uh, you know, four or five, six more games out of the next seven or eight, Darvin Ham's probably going to get fired. Um, I know I don't know what the Lakers are going to try to do if they're going to try to make some trades or do something. But yeah, they are. They are really struggling. They are really struggling. So that's that. That's my ha ha of the of the week. It's just watching the Lakers. I, I I hate I hate to laugh at them, man. But it's it's getting funny. It is getting funny. But um, you know, I I I am not the, the biggest fan of LeBron. So if if he's gonna take any losses, um, I'm okay with it. Uh, in terms of the NFL slate, we still have plenty of things going on. Plenty of things uh, that that are being played, uh, you know, played for right now. Um, you know that these teams, uh, of course, while you know Baltimore has already clinched, you already have Baltimore, you already have Kansas City. Um, you know, you have those teams already out there. Um, you know, the 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 Ravens, the Chiefs, the the Dolphins, and the Browns are already, and it's unbelievable that the Browns have already clinched with all the the injuries that they've had with Nick Chubb going down and. You know, Deshaun Watson going down and all the injuries that they've had, the fact that they're already in the playoffs is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, you have the, uh, the the Bills playing for their playoff lives today, uh, you know, this weekend. 
Um, the Steelers, we talked about the fact they have to beat the Ravens if they're going to have a chance to get in as well. Um, there, there's just a lot going on. You have two games today uh, that you want to check out. Of course, Malik Cunningham will make his debut for the Ravens, so make sure you check that out. That is 4.30 p.m. on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, that's 4.30 Ravens at home versus Steelers. Um, check that out. It's going to be entertaining just to watch Malik run around. I don't know if they're going to have him playing running back or wide receiver. Uh, you know, uh, John Harbaugh said that you know he's going to play some quarterback. So uh, it sounds like they at least put in a package uh, for Malik. So you get to see Malik in that purple and black. That's going to be exciting, so check that out. I know there's a lot of Steelers fans here locally, so I know you guys are going to be hoping and wishing that uh, you know that they can get it done. Mason Rudolph can come in and, and you know make a little magic happen and uh, keep the Steelers alive. I would love to see the Ravens just go out there and put the Steelers to bed and just you know one final coffin, um, you know. But we'll see, we'll see. I, I, that's going to be a very interesting game. Another very interesting game. C.J. Stroud, who's had an unbelievable season. Um, you know, they're going to have a chance. They, they have a chance to make the playoffs after having the, uh, you know, the, what, there was the number two pick in the draft. They made it the, uh, made the unbelievable deal to trade to get the third pick as well. Um, they took uh, the second and third picks in the draft. CJ Stroud has been outstanding this year. Um, he is, uh, 156 yards from, uh, 4,000 yard passing season. That's crazy. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, C.J. Stroud has been unbelievable. This kid's going to have 4,000 yards passing and, like, 23 or 24 touchdowns <laughs> in his rookie season. So, like, but you know what? This game is at Lucas Oil. Uh, you know, the Colts are, are still have a, a shot to get in. I believe whoever wins this game is in the playoffs. I believe that is the case. Uh, you know, you all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe that, the you know, it's it's a win and you're in situation. Um, so uh, plenty of, of big time games uh, to watch, pl plenty of big time matchups. The Jaguars uh, you know, have to knock off Tennessee on the road if they want to get in. Uh, they are sitting in the catbird seat. So if they win, I believe they are in as well. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Um, that was kind of the, the wrap up for uh, you know, the NFL for this week. I really appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the show today. Thank you so much to everybody, all the things you do, all the texts and tweets. Watch the Cardinals coming on the CW Network uh, coming up at 12 noon. Uh, for Haven Harrington, this is Rashawn Myers, and we're out.